0: Israel continues to bomb the besieged Gaza Strip, killing thousands of Palestinian civilians, including thousands of children. But in response, there is a mass uprising of people around the world. There are protests in basically every single major city all across the planet. And many governments, in particular in the global south, are speaking out against Israel these Israeli massacres of Palestinian civilians and accusing Israel not only of war crimes, but of genocide. On the other hand, the United States and European countries are some of the very few nations that are supporting Israel and i have a separate video in which i discuss how the united states has been blocking international efforts at holding a ceasefire and washington is also sending billions of dollars of weapons to israel to help it kill more palestinian civilians i will link to that in the description below however western politicians have acknowledged that they do not represent the majority of the world population the Financial Times quoted a senior diplomat from a G7 country who said, quote, we have definitely lost the battle in the global south. Forget about rules. Forget about world order. They won't ever listen to us again. And many developing countries support the Palestinian cause, seeing it through the prism of self-determination and a push against the global dominance of the United States Israel's most important backer. And also the fact is simply that the Western countries that support Israel are the nations that colonize the Global South. And today, the vast majority of countries in the Global South can see that Israel is continuing that same kind of European colonial project against the Palestinian people. But one of the most incredible examples of a Global South country that has come out strongly in support of Palestine is the Latin American nation of Colombia. This is truly historic on many fronts because first of all, Colombia had been one of the most loyal allies of both the United States and of Israel in Latin America, a region where there are many left-wing anti-imperialist governments that are against US neo-colonialism and Israeli settler colonialism. But another very important reason is that for decades, the Colombian military and paramilitary groups linked to the Colombian government have worked very closely with the Israeli military. Israel trained many of the right-wing paramilitary groups and death squads in Colombia that were involved in massacring civilians, in stealing land from poor farmers and indigenous nations and Afro-Colombian communities. Also, Israel trained some of the Colombian paramilitary fighters who were involved in drug trafficking, working closely with drug cartels. So Israel has played a very nefarious role in Latin America supporting right-wing extremist groups and death squads and paramilitaries that are trying to destabilize left-wing governments in the region like in Venezuela, in Nicaragua or in Cuba In fact many of those leftist governments in latin america broke off formal diplomatic relations with israel in protest of israel's massacres of palestinian civilians but colombia had always been the loyal us and israeli ally in the region but that changed in 2022 with the election of colombia's first ever left-wing president Gustavo Petro. And Petro has really spoken out strongly in support of Palestinian rights, and he has forcefully condemned the Israeli apartheid regime for carrying out genocide and crimes against humanity. Furthermore, this is also very significant because until recently, Colombia was actually known as the Israel of Latin America. That was a term that was created by Venezuela's leftist revolutionary president Hugo Chavez. Back in 2009, Venezuela formally broke off diplomatic relations with the Israeli apartheid regime in response to Israel's massacre in Gaza in late 2008 and early 2009. And Colombia had always been a close U.S. ally, hosting numerous U.S. military bases, so Hugo Chavez said that Colombia is the Israel of Latin America. In particular, he was referencing Colombia's close relationship with the US military directly collaborating and the fact that it hosts numerous US military bases. He was basically saying that Israel is a large US military outpost in West Asia in a strategically important region with access to hydrocarbons, oil and gas, access to the Mediterranean, so Chavez, and many other leftists in Latin America were arguing that Colombia played the same role in the U.S. empire in Latin America that Israel has played for the U.S. empire in West Asia. And in fact, the right-wing presidents of Colombia were very proud of the fact that the leftist anti-imperialists in the region condemned them as the Israel of Latin America. Here's a 2013 article in the Israeli newspaper Haaretz, which is titled, Colombian President proud to be called the Israel of Latin America. And it discusses a trip that the previous conservative president of Colombia, Juan Manuel Santos, took to Israel. So going from that, and then just a few years later, having Colombia's first ever left-wing president, Gustavo Petro, condemning Israel for committing genocide and supporting Palestine, this is a massive historic shift. And I wanna talk about some of the geopolitical implications of that today. In response to Israel's massacres of Palestinian civilians, the Colombian president, Gustavo Petro, tweeted out an image that said, In Colombia, we do not support genocides. And he was very clearly referencing Israel. Why did Petro do this? Well, specifically, he was responding to criticisms by the Israeli government that attacked him and claimed that he's supposedly anti-Semitic, which is the ridiculous smear that Israel uses to insult anyone who objectively correctly points out its war crimes and apartheid policies and racism and crimes against humanity. More specifically, Israel was responding to an incredible statement that Gustavo Petro made on Twitter. And I translated this, it's quite long, but I want to read it all. I translated it into English because I think this is one of the best statements on the war in Israel-Palestine, on Israel's genocidal war on the Palestinian people, because it reflects the view of many leaders in the global south, in particular those who, who are critical of imperialism, and they can see very clearly that Western countries, the policies that Israel is carrying out against Palestinians is what other Western countries have carried out in their colonies and continue to carry out today in the formerly colonized countries of the global south. So this is the statement written by Colombian President Gustavo Petro, quote, The barbarism of consumption based on the death of others is taking us to an unprecedented rise of fascism and therefore to the death of democracy and freedom. It is barbarism or the global 1933 as I call it. 1933 was the year Hitler came to power. What we see in Palestine will also be the suffering of all of the peoples of the global south. The West defends its excessive consumption and its standard of living based on destroying the atmosphere and climate and to defend it, Knowing that it will cause the exodus of migrants from the south to the north, and not only of the Palestinian people, the West is ready to respond with death. The West does not want to transform its economic system, only as far as the markets will go to decarbonize it. And it knows that the efforts will be minuscule to save life on the planet. Its policy seeks to defend the bubble of consumption of the rich on the planet and not to save humanity, whose majority is disposable to it, like the children of Gaza. That is why there are strong anti-immigration policies. That is why there are concentration camps for immigrants, the thousands who died in shipwrecks, That is the reason for the Tapón del Darién, which is the location where many migrants cross from Colombia to Panama, which is very dangerous and many people die. He says that is why there are economic blockades of rebel countries. And of course, he's referring to the U.S. blockade of Cuba and Venezuela and Nicaragua and Iran and Zimbabwe and the DPRK. He's drawing a parallel between the Israeli blockade of Gaza to the US blockade of rebel countries that have anti-imperialist policies. So Petro continues, he says, quote, the right wing in the West sees the solution to the climate crisis as a final solution. The right wing once again dreams of Hitler and conquest. The majority of the rich and Aryan peoples of the west and are latin american oligarchies who do not see another world to live in other than that of the malls of florida or madrid so he's saying that the right wing is willing to sacrifice the entire planet and commit genocide against poor people in the global south in order to save their capitalist consumer lifestyle based, you know, in the, from the malls of Florida and Madrid. And he says, quote, The right-wing forces in the global south use violence. They destroy democracy. They feel by the north legitimized to do so. They believe they can kill and commit genocide. They just need the blessing of world power. He's, of course, talking about the United States. And finally, Petro said, quote, We are moving into barbarism if we do not change the power. The life of humanity and especially of the people of the global south depends on the way in which humanity chooses the path to overcome the climate crisis produced by the wealth of the north. Gaza is just the first experiment to deem all of us disposable. This is truly a remarkable statement. Petro hit the nail on the head. He's pointing out that these Israeli colonial policies have direct parallels to the Western capitalist policies that have gone on for centuries, and that Western governments are basically doing the same thing to the Global South that Israel is doing to the Palestinian people, and that Western imperialist countries, these these capitalist extremist political forces in the West, they see life of Latinos and Africans and Asians as just as disposable as the Israeli fascists see the lives of Gazan children. This is what led the Israeli apartheid regime to condemn Gustavo Petro, the Colombian president, publicly, calling him anti-Semitic because he compared Israel to Nazi Germany. But that's, of course, ridiculous. He's not anti-Semitic at all. Nothing he said is remotely anti-Semitic. And that's why he responded on Twitter with this image saying in Colombia, we do not support genocides. And when Israel smeared Petro, claiming absurdly that he's anti-Semitic, in response, the Colombian president was very angry, obviously. And he tweeted out another incredible statement. I mean, just fiery statement. You can tell also that he wrote this in anger and was kind of angry because there are a few typos, but I'm going to translate the main points. Again, this is so powerful. Petro said, if we have to suspend foreign relations with Israel, we suspend them. We do not support genocides. And he said that Israel was, was insulting the president of Colombia. And he said, as Simon Bolivar taught us, Colombia is an independent, sovereign, and fair country. So he's saying that Israel is violating the sovereignty of Colombia. And he pointed out that Israel has a history of supporting right-wing death squads in Colombia. And specifically, he named two different Israeli former military officers, who I'll talk about in a bit, Yair Klein and Rafael Etan who were part of the Israeli intelligence services and military, and they later traveled to Colombia along with the CIA, and they worked with the US to train right-wing death squads to kill leftists and to steal the land of poor peasants and farmers in Colombia to help US corporations like the United Fruit Company, Chiquita. And, and anyway, so he, so in the statement, Petro says that in Colombia, Israel, and its military officers, Israel unleashed massacres and genocide inside Colombia. So he's saying that not only is Israel guilty of genocide in occupied Palestinian territory, but also in Colombian territory. And he said that he demands peace in Colombia, peace in Palestine, and peace in the world. And then furthermore, Petro said, this is an exact quote, quote, one day, the army and the government of Israel will ask us for forgiveness for what their people did, what their men did in our land unleashing genocide. And he's again talking about Israel's role training these right-wing death squads. I'll talk about that more in a bit. And here he says very clearly, he says, I will hug them and I will cry for the murder of Auschwitz and the murder of Gaza and for the Colombian Auschwitz. So once again, he's comparing Israel to Nazi Germany and he's saying that what the Nazis did with the concentration camps in Auschwitz is also what Israel is doing to Gaza and what Israel did to Colombia. And he says, he concludes this powerful statement saying, Hitler will be defeated for the good of humanity and peace and freedom in the world. So once again, comparing Israel to Nazi Germany, I mean, powerful, powerful words. Now, as you can imagine, this unleashed a huge political scandal inside Colombia and around the world with the right-wing forces in Colombia, which are still very powerful, attacking the president. They're all very pro-Israel. And the media in Colombia belongs almost entirely to a small handful of wealthy oligarchs including linked to former presidents, and they were constantly attacking Petro. So in response, what did Petro do? Well, he dug in his heels and he went even further. And he commented on this international scandal. And he said that we in Colombia have a new independent foreign policy. And he said in the last few decades, our foreign policy was completely subordinated to the United States. And he said that, our, that the United States foreign policy was our foreign policy and Colombia voted against the vast majority of the nations of the world and violated international law. And specifically he's talking about how Colombia joined with the U.S. and Israel at the United Nations to support the illegal U.S. blockade of Cuba, whereas almost every single country on earth, almost, you know, more than 96 percent of the countries on earth voted against the illegal U.S. blockade of Cuba. Colombia was one of the only countries that joined in. And furthermore, Petro said that before he came into office, you know, in the decades of right-wing role in Colombia, that the Colombian regime always, furthermore, its diplomatic policies were once again subordinated to U.S. foreign policy and their goal was to use U.S. protection to prevent international organizations from investigating the Colombian state for violating human rights and killing people and of course the Colombian government under years of right-wing rule was involved in numerous scandals including the false positive scandal falsos positivos in which the Colombian military killed thousands of innocent people and then put dressed them up in uniforms and falsely claimed that they were part of armed socialist guerrilla groups so anyway he's talking about the years of right-wing role in which Colombian foreign policy was subordinated to the United States and violated international law. And he says, today, our foreign policy is completely different. Now, our foreign policy is based on struggling unilaterally, working unilaterally to fight against the cr- climate crisis. He said, also, it's based on respecting international law, and above all, guaranteeing national independence, saying that, again, Colombia is now an independent country. And in the following days, Petro tweeted so many different messages of support for Palestine. He retweeted dozens of different videos and photos of protests in support of Palestine all around the world condemning Israeli war crimes in Gaza. And he also tweeted a video of a protest in solidarity with Palestine in London, in the UK. And he, he wrote, quote, They said that by defending a people from genocide, I was alone as if fighting for justice was a solitary task. I was just one of the voices to rise up after hundreds of millions of human beings did it. The people who are alone are those who are unjust and who are genocidal. So he's saying that the world is with Palestine and only a small minority of people support the Israeli apartheid regime's genocide against Palestine. Once again, reflecting the fact that that objectively speaking, the majority of the world population represented by the global south does support Palestine and apartheid Israel really only has the support of the Western powers. And then you can maybe throw in India, which has a far right government, fascistic government as well, and that is allied increasingly with the West. Petro then followed up with another tweet in which he said, the world rose up against injustice and genocide. And then he said, as a criticism of the the Colombian right wing, he said, only in Colombia, those who applaud those who are bombing children were not able to understand it. So he's saying that the vast majority of the world supports Palestine and the conservative right wing oligarchic forces in Colombia that support Israel's that bombs children do not represent the will of the majority of the world. And by the way, a quick note. When Petro tweeted that on October 24th, it was right after he arrived in China, in Beijing, and he was invited to visit China by Chinese President Xi Jinping. So while Gustavo Petro, Colombia's first ever left-wing president, is condemning Israeli genocide and supporting Palestine, he's also allying increasingly with China, along with other left-wing forces in Latin America. So we really are living in a very unique moment in history. The political balance of forces around the world is really shifting. And even countries that were longtime U.S. allies, whose governments were basically just U.S. client regimes, like Colombia, which had been referred to as the Israel of Latin America, are now exercising an independent foreign policy and condemning colonialism. Now, in the case of Colombia, I think this is also something personal for Gustavo Petro. Obviously, it is political, and that's why we can see the other left-wing governments in Latin America, especially, you know, the revolutionary anti-imperialist governments in Cuba and Venezuela and Nicaragua and Bolivia are supporting Palestine. But in the case of Gustavo Petro, he himself, when he was young, he was involved in an armed leftist movement called M-19, that took up arms against the Colombian right-wing narco regime that was completely undemocratic and massacring leftists and and farmers on behalf of US corporations. And Israel played a key role in training some of the right-wing death squads that massacred leftists, including people like Gustavo Petro, his, his allies. This was spelled out in a very good Al Jazeera article from way back in 2003. And it's titled, Israel's Latin America Trail of Terror. And it begins with a quote from a notorious Colombian drug trafficker and paramilitary leader who was backed by the CIA and by Israel named Carlos Castaño. And again, this is a longtime CIA asset and drug dealer. And he famously wrote in his autobiography, My Confession, Mi Confesión. He wrote, quote, i learned an infinite amount of things in israel and to that country i owe part of my essence my human and military achievements that's a quote from colombian paramilitary leader and drug indicted drug trafficker carlos castaño castaño was one of the main leaders of the right-wing colombian paramilitary groups known as the auc This Al Jazeera article pointed out that the AUC was the largest right-wing paramilitary force to ever exist in the Western Hemisphere, and that's why it's very likely that Gustavo Petro, you know, he was targeted by some of these Israeli-trained forces. That's why he accused Israel of committing genocide in Colombia as well. And this notorious Colombian death squad leader and drug dealer was trained in the art of war in Israel in the 1980s and he wrote in his book quote i copied the concept of paramilitary forces from the israelis so the same forces that in israel were carrying out ethnic cleansing against palestinians and murdering palestinian civilians and leftists from different palestinian groups including communist socialist and nationalist groups in palestine well the right wing forces backed by the cia in in latin america were doing the exact same thing and Castaño, he had a right-wing for- the, the force, the AUC, that was very similar to the Lebanese Falange, who were the fascist death squads backed by Israel in the Lebanese War. And he, this article in Al Jazeera notes that the AUC backed by the U.S. and Israel and Colombia was by far the worst human rights violator in all of the Americas, and ties between that organization and Israel are continually surfacing in the press. The AUC paramilitaries originally grew out of killers who were hired to protect drone running operations and large landowners. By the way, it was also U.S. corporations that were working with this Colombian death squad. This was acknowledged in an article back in NBC News in 2007 titled Chiquita admits to paying Colombia terrorists. The banana company Chiquita Brands International agreed to a $25 million fine after admitting it paid terrorists for protection in Colombia. And it mentions a Justice Department investigation and federal prosecutors in the U.S. said the Cincinnati-based company and corporate officers paid millions of dollars between 1997 and 2004 to the AUC the United Self-Defense Forces of Colombia, this very same right-wing death squad. And NBC News pointed out, the AUC has been responsible for some of the worst massacres in Colombia's civil conflict and for a sizable percentage of the country's cocaine exports. So in addition to working for US corporations, these death squads were being trained by Israel. And this Al Jazeera article points out that the AUC these Colombian paramilitaries exist outside the law, but often coordinate their actions with the Colombian military in a very similar way to the relationship between the Lebanese Phalange, these fascist death squads, and the Israeli army during the war in Lebanon in the 80s and 90s. And Israel Israeli trainers arrived in Colombia in the 1980s to train these Fascist Colombian death squad leaders like Carlos Castaño and also trained other paramilitaries that later made up the AUC. 50 of the best paramilitary death squad leaders in Colombia were sent on scholarships to Israel for further training, according to Colombian police intelligence reports. And of course, Israel provided them with weapons. Uh, And Israel also provided weapons to the right wing dictatorships in Latin America, especially the genocidal regime in Guatemala, which was of course, they were all backed by the United States as well. I mean, when I say, you know, Israel is doing this, it's always doing this hand in glove with the United States. It's Israel following the orders of the United States as an extension of the US empire. Again, that's why Venezuela's revolutionary leader Hugo Chavez referred to Colombia as the Israel of Latin America. Because just as Israel is an outpost for U.S. imperialism, an extension of U.S. imperialism, Colombia is the same in Latin America. And by the way, this is especially clear when you look at who governs Israel. The longest serving prime minister in the history of Israel is Benjamin Netanyahu, who is basically just a North American. He's a Repub- a US Republican governing a country in West Asia. Netanyahu was raised in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He spent the most formative years in his life in the United States. He went to high school in Pennsylvania. He then went to MIT and graduated, he studied in college at MIT. And then after he worked in Boston and he worked with many Republicans like Mitt Romney. And of course, he's been a, a decades long friend of Donald Trump. Benjamin Netanyahu is the perfect symbol of the fact that Israel is a settler colonialist outpost for US imperialism in one of the most geostrategically regions of the world, one of the most resource rich regions of the world, with so many oil and gas reserves. The US US empire desperately wants and needs a military outpost in that region. Israel has reliably served as an extension of the U.S. empire, under the leadership of, again, a North American. Netanyahu is a North American. He spent all of the formative years of his life in the U.S., raised in Pittsburgh, friends with Donald Trump, friends with Mitt Romney, and he, of course, obediently always serves US interest now of course some people will point out that Netanyahu's regime has sometimes conflicted especially with Democratic presidents like you know when Obama was president but I mean that's again because he's a Republican Netanyahu is an extension of the US Republican Party and he is in charge of this US imperial outpost in West Asia so if we go back to this article in Al Jazeera looking at Israel's policy in Latin America it's an extension of the United States policy in Latin America In fact, a notorious Israeli mercenary admitted this, and this was reported back in British state media BBC in 2012 in in BBC Mundo, which is the Spanish language branch. And this report was about the Israeli mercenary who was leading Colombian paramilitary groups, training them, and he was Yair Klein and Yair Klein was one of the two Israeli mercenaries mentioned by Gustavo Petro in his comments. And if you go down in this article from BBC, it points out this quote in which he said, quote, I was in Colombia at the invitation of the Americans, period. So he's saying that it was the United States that invited, the that told the Israeli mercenaries to go to Colombia to train the right-wing death squads. And then he said, everything that the United States cannot do because it's prohibited, it does through other means. And he's very clearly implying that when the United States can't do something legally, it it asks Israel to do it on its behalf. And this brings us back to Israel's role supporting right-wing death squads in Latin America. Israel was fulfilling the U.S. imperial role, but because the U.S. couldn't do it overtly, Israel was doing it on Washington's behalf. And this article in Al Jazeera points out that Israel's military relations with right-wing groups and regimes spans Latin America and basically every country, Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Colombia, Costa Rica, Dominican Republic, Ecuador, Salvador, Guatemala, Haiti, Honduras, Nicaragua, Panama, Paraguay, Peru, and, and Venezuela. And the article notes that Israel has excelled in advising, training, and running intelligence and counterinsurgency operations in the Latin American dirty war civil conflicts that is supporting the right-wing dictatorships and death squads in their attempt to murder leftists and poor peasants on behalf of big corporations and landowners, in particular in Argentina, El Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, and Colombia. And... The article talks about Israel's role supporting right-wing landowners in El Salvador against left-wing popular organizations that were acting, so helping the right-wing oligarchs try to kill the poor people. And in the case of El Salvador, one of the most notorious El Salvadorian death squad leaders was Roberto Dobison, who was also, once again, trained by Israel. And Roberto Dobison was so notorious that he was popularly known as Blowtorch Bob because he liked to use a blowtorch to torture people, to torture leftists during the war the civil war in El Salvador. He was a complete fascist and he also was a figure involved in organizing the right-wing party ARENA which governed El Salvador for many years and his he sent his son to study abroad in Israel. So Literally, actual fascists, actual Hitler-admiring Nazis in Latin America have been trained by Israel and the CIA, again, because Israel and the CIA are working hand-in-glove together. Now, furthermore, this article on Al Jazeera points out that while the Israelis were training fascist El Salvadorian death squads, they were also supporting Argentina's blatantly anti-Semitic right-wing military dictatorship. So once again, Israel has no problem allying with actual fascists and Nazis and anti-Semites. And this was at a time when the U.S.-backed Argentine fascist dictatorship was disappearing thousands of leftists, killing leftists, throwing them from helicopters, torturing them. I have friends in Argentina whose grandparents and aunts and uncles disappeared and no one, no one ever found them. Everyone just assumed they were killed by the U.S.-backed dictatorship. And of course, Israel played a role in supporting that dictatorship as well. Now, here, this is the point that's very important about Israel stepping in when the U.S. can't do something overtly. So in the case of Nicaragua, Nicaragua was governed by a right-wing dictatorship, a military dictatorship of the Somoza family. It was a family dynasty, basically a right-wing monarchy and the Samosas were backed by the US, but when US President Jimmy Carter came in, he ordered the end of US military support for the Samosa dictatorship. So what happened, Israel filled the void and immediately increased weapon sales to the Samosa dictatorship. And then Israeli operatives helped to train the right-wing Nicaraguan Contras in Honduras and Costa Rica in order to fight the leftist Sandinista government after the victory of the Sandinista revolution in 1979. And of course, the CIA was doing that as well, because once again, Israel always does this in collaboration with the CIA. Then there was the case of Guatemala, where a U.S.-backed military dictatorship, a fascist dictatorship, committed genocide against the indigenous Maya populations. And the it, it, the Guatemalan dictator backed by the U.S., Efrain Rios Montt, was convicted of genocide. He was a literal war criminal convicted of genocide. And not only was he supported by the U.S., he was also supported by Israel. And by the way, he was a, a very conservative evangelical Christian, and he strongly supported Israel for religious reasons. In addition to, you know, his extreme right wing politics, he, he saw the indigenous majority of Guatemala as pagan and satanic and allied with you know, so Judeo-Christian civilization, in his terms, against the indigenous people committing genocide. And this article in Al Jazeera points out that the, the previous right-wing Guatemalan president, Carlos Araña, said, If it is necessary to turn the country into a cemetery in order to pacify it, I will not hesitate to do so. And that's exactly what happened. Israel provided the Guatemalan military regime with weapons, and they were actively involved in the bloodiest counterinsurgency campaign the hemisphere had seen since the European colonial conquest. The Guatemalan dictatorship backed by the U.S. and Israel massacred 200,000 people, mostly indigenous people, and later the United Nations backed a truth commission that found that the US and Israeli-backed dictatorship was responsible for more than 90% of civilian casualties, whereas the leftist, the socialist guerrillas that they were trying to kill were responsible for a a tiny fraction of the civilian casualties, less than 10%. And the military dictator backed by the US, Rios Montt, said, quote, the guerrilla, that's the left-wing guerrillas, is the fish, the people are the sea, if you cannot catch the fish, you have to drain the sea. So this is him justifying genocide, burning down entire villages of indigenous people, displacing millions of people in Guatemala. And Guatemalan military officers credit Israeli support with turning the, t- the tide against the uprising. And this this line really says it all, this summarizes it from Al Jazeera. Starting, in the 70s going into the 80s and 90s, the US was no longer able to overtly support the Guatemalan military dictatorship because of its horrendous human rights record, although there was US covert support, of course. So instead, many in the US government, especially in the CIA, supported Israel in taking up the slack. So getting back to Colombia and President Gustavo Petro, it is very likely that he had personal encounters with some of these israeli trained fascist death squads in colombia they probably killed some of his friends and comrades and that's why in his statements talking about israeli genocide in palestine he is also saying that israel was guilty of unleashing genocide in colombia and he named some of the prominent israeli officers who were involved in training these colombian paramilitary groups like yair klein who again was the Israeli military officer, intelligence officer, who trained some of the AUC death squads that were involved in drug trafficking and who admitted that he did so at the order of the US government. This is especially important in Colombia these days because the Colombian government recently discovered crematorium ovens that were used by these right-wing death squads like the AUC in Colombia in order to burn the bodies of the victims of the people they killed. So I, I wanna say this again, because this when, when Gustavo Petro is comparing what the US and Israel support to the Nazi Holocaust, it's not an exaggeration. I, I wanna stress this for emphasis. The Colombian government recently discovered, and I have a photo here, crematorium ovens, Nazi-style ovens, that were used to burn the bodies of the victims of these right-wing death squads like the EAUC that were backed by the CIA and by Israel in order to massacre leftists in Colombia and also to massacre peasants to steal their land on behalf of U.S. corporations and wealthy Colombian oligarchs. The U.S. government cannot claim it didn't know these kinds of things were happening. In fact, back in 2020, the Associated Press, the most mainstream of mainstream media outlets, published an article revealing that the U.S. Defense Department always knew that Colombia's previous right-wing president, Alvaro Uribe, was had a history of dealings with violent right-wing paramilitary groups. Uribe was one of the closest US allies in Colombia. He's one of the most powerful politicians in all of Colombia. And he was very close in particular to the George Bush administration. And then his hand-picked successor became president when Donald Trump was in power. And he was Ivan Duque, the Colombian president, and he was a very close ally of Donald Trump and was a key figure involved in Donald Trump's coup attempt in Venezuela starting in 2019. And Alvaro Uribe, this right-wing former president and drug dealer who was very closely linked to death squads in Colombia, he he also played a key role in supporting the coup attempt in Venezuela with Juan Guaidó and all of that. And this article in the Associated Press points out that the U.S. government knew that Uribe had been working with armed groups hired by wealthy landowners in Colombia. Again, these are the death squads hired by the rich landowners. And the Pentagon deputy wrote in a memo to George Bush's defense secretary, Donald Rumsfeld, an architect of the Iraq war. He wrote in a confidential 2004 cable, quote, Uribe almost certainly had dealings with the AUC paramilitaries when he was governor before. So the U.S. government knew that these fascist death squads, the AUC, that that the CIA has a history of supporting and that were using crematorium ovens to burn their bodies of the victims like Nazis. The U.S. knew that the Colombian government and right-wing politicians were working hand in glove with these literal fascists. So now you can understand why global south leaders like Gustavo Petro compare Israel to Nazi Germany because in Latin America the people inspired by the Nazis the literal fascists in Latin America are supported by the US and Israel that's not an exaggeration this is an an objective historical fact that you cannot dispute and this can also explain why Petro apparently is actually quite afraid of Israel and why after calling for suspending diplomatic relations with Israel, he partially backtracked. Not entirely. He continued expressing support for Palestine and condemning Israel for committing genocide in Gaza. But originally, the foreign minister of Colombia had told the Israeli ambassador to leave the country. But then he backtracked and said that they, did, they were not expelling the Israeli ambassador. Instead, Gustavo Petro met with both the Palestinian ambassador in Colombia and he also met with the Israeli ambassador. And he called for peace and said that children should not be killed. And this is important because at the same time, Gustavo Petro also announced that Colombia will be opening a Colombian embassy in Ramallah in Palestine. So he He partially backtracked. He did not formally cut off relations with Israel, but he did announce that Colombia is opening an embassy in Palestine. He met with the Palestinian ambassador. He took a photo with the Palestinian ambassador wearing the traditional Palestinian scarf known as the kufiya. So this is very clearly a political message. And over at the website Naked Capitalism, the journalist Nick Corbishly wrote a really good article explaining why he thinks Petro partially backtracked on this. And this is an article titled, Why Did Colombia Change Its Mind About Expelling Israeli Ambassador Over Israel's Genocidal Siege of Gaza? And in general, Naked naked Capitalism is a great blog to read. In this article, Nick uh, Corbushley, he names three possible reasons for why Petro partially, again, although not entirely, partially backtracked. And I I agree wholeheartedly with his his analysis here. I'm just going to read a quote from this. Possibility number one, the Petro government changed course due to fears of the potential economic consequences. Israel had already suspended all military trade with Colombia, including its exports of air defense systems, cybersecurity systems, surveillance systems, and other weapons. This is, by the way, in response to... To Petro's comments condemning Israeli genocide, Israel in protest announced that it's it's suspending the export of military equipment. However, this article points out what were to happen if Tel Aviv were to halt all trade with Colombia. Colombia exports around $1 billion of products to Israel, including coal, coffee, and flowers. That's a lot of money for a mid-sized Latin American economy. So I think that's definitely one of the reasons that it could hurt Colombia's economy. So he was forced to backtrack. But I think another very significant reason, which Nick mentions here, and and I think he's right. I'm gonna read from his article. There could be another more sinister reason for the Colombian government's dramatic climb down. Israel and or its senior partner in war crime, the US, threatened to create serious security problems in Colombia, which itself is trying to put behind it a 52 year civil war. And I should point out some of these right wing death squads are still active in Colombia. They're still killing land. You know, they're still killing peasants to steal their land. They're still killing indigenous peoples to steal their land. So this article points out Colombia is also home to dozens of U.S. military bases And as the Mexican-Lebanese geopolitical analyst Alfredo Halife pointed out, be careful, Petro, the Israelis could organize a coup. They control Colombia's spyware and train its soldiers and paramilitaries. And by the way, the Colombian military is thoroughly right-wing and thoroughly infiltrated by U.S. intelligence forces. They were trained by the U.S., they were trained by Israel. They are not in any way loyal to Petro. In fact, when Petro won the election, there were some military officers who refused to recognize his victory. They called him a terrorist on publicly and some of them even turned their back to the president. So clearly, Petro, he is in a weak position like, for instance, Evo Morales was in Bolivia. Evo Morales had the, this majority support of the Bolivian population, but he did not have the support of the Bolivian military, which carried out a coup against him back by the United States in, in 2019. So Petro is very concerned about the possibility of a military coup. And this brings us to what Nick Corbushley points out in his article, Naked Capitalism, which is the two Israeli mercenaries that Petro mentioned in his tweet Yair Klein and Rafael Etan, they also were involved in Colombia in training these 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 uh, dr- these paramilitary groups and also these drug traffickers. And then Nick Corbishly quotes that BBC article, and this in the BBC wrote that it was Yair Klein who taught the Medellin cartel to operate remote controlled bombs. So the Israeli military helped to train one of the most notorious drug cartels, or rather, let me say, a former, in scare quotes, former Israeli military officer, an intelligence officer, trained one of the most notorious Colombian drug cartels in history, the Medellin cartel. And furthermore, after giving military training to the militias of drug traffickers, Yair Klein, who was a lieutenant colonel in the Israeli army, went on to work to to work with the landowners in Colombia who created the AUC death squads in order to fight against the leftist guerrillas of the FARC. And then there's that quote from the BBC in which this Israeli mercenary points out that he was ordered to go to Colombia by the United States. And furthermore, Nick points out in this article that the other Israeli official who was quoted by, who was cited by Gustavo Petro in his tweet, Rafael Ten, he was the former chief of Mossad, the Israeli CIA, and he was hired by Colombia's right-wing president Virgilio Barco in order to try to end the, the civil war against the left. And one of the recommendations of the former Mossad chief was, which was embraced by the right-wing Colombian regime was to exterminate the political leaders of the Patriotic Union, a left-wing political party that emerged from a peace agreement with the FARC. And what followed is what was known as a politicide, a political genocide in which the Colombian right-wing regime backed by the US and by Israel just massacred thousands of left-wing leaders in Colombia, basically murdering any prominent left-wing leader. And they killed two left-wing presidential candidates, five sitting left-wing congressmen, 11 deputies, 109 counselors, eight current left-wing mayors, eight former left-wing mayors, and thousands of other left-wing activists. I mean, even the Inter-American Commission on Human Rights, which is an arm of the the US-controlled Organization of American States, even they admitted that the Colombian right-wing regime killed more than 4,000 people, and that's a very conservative estimate. So during this moment, this very fragile moment in which Petro is not totally in control, Colombia's security ties with Israel are still very strong. As recently as 2021, the right-wing Ivan Duque government, backed by the Donald Trump administration, tried to implement neoliberal economic policies, including privatizing pensions, eliminating health care, reducing the minimum wage, imposing taxes on foods. And in response to the mass protests, the Colombian Security forces which were trained by Israel used Israeli weapons in order to massacre 48 protesters So as Nick points out in this article for Colombia's military and police forces Israel is a key ally This is almost certainly one of the main reasons why Colombian president Gustavo Petro has chosen to tread carefully So this is the final note to end on it's kind of a sad note, but it's a realistic one many global south leaders recognize that Israel is a fascistic genocidal regime and they are condemning it and supporting Palestine. However, they in many cases have their hands tied because the U.S. and also Israel can threaten them as the U.S. and Israel have done to many other forces, especially left-wing forces in Latin America and across, of course, West Asia, killing Palestinian leaders, Lebanese, Syrian leaders, Iranians. So it can be dangerous for leaders like Gustavo Petro to take these positions publicly but again that's also why it's even more impressive and it's even more historic that leaders in countries that have historically been staunch US and Israeli allies are now speaking out so strongly and also pointing out that these Western colonialist policies are very closely linked to the fascist genocidal policies of Nazi Germany After all, as anti-colonialist intellectuals like famously M.A. Césaire pointed out in his book Discourse on Colonialism, colonialism, what the Western colonial powers did in the colonies was exactly what the fascists did internally. That is to say, what the British colonialists did in India and in Southern Africa, what the French did in West Africa and Algeria, what the U.S. did to the native peoples, of the modern day United States and Canada as well, what those colonial powers did to the colonized nations is exactly what the Nazis did inside Europe itself. It's exactly what Mussolini did inside Italy. Fascism is the application of colonialism internally. Fascism and colonialism are not just linked, they are part of the same political system. So that's why it's not surprising to see that the neo-colonialist and imperialist governments of the west today in NATO these capitalist countries are carrying out many of the same kind of genocidal policies that are so reminiscent of Nazi Germany that's what we see in these powerful statements from leaders not only like Gustavo Petro but many leaders of the global south they can clearly see that on this note i'm going to end I'm Ben Norton, this is Geopolitical Economy Report. I wanna thank everyone for joining me today for this long episode. Please subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, please you know, like the video, it helps to promote this material in the algorithm. And if you prefer listening, you can listen to all of our videos in a podcast version if you look for the Geopolitical Economy Report podcast. I wanna thank everyone once again, I'll see you next time.